If you're ready for the word, shout, bring it on. All right, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much. I feel like talking to you today. Is there anybody in the room thankful for Jesus? Are you thankful for Jesus? Let me hear from you if you're thankful for Jesus today. Amen. I want you to get your Bibles, or you can follow along on the screen. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And we're just going to get together today, and we're going to celebrate the Lord Jesus, and we're going to celebrate the birth of our King. Man, I'm glad he came to me when I couldn't get to him. He is such a good, good father. Praise the Lord. I feel like I've got a download to make into your spirit today, and I believe the Lord's going to say something very significant to you. Has God been faithful to anyone in the room? Has he been faithful? We're going to talk a lot about that today. Matthew chapter 2. Verse 1 says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east. We have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. When he gathered all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child. When you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. When they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. When they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then being divinely warned in a dream, that they could not return to Herod. They departed for their own country another way. The Bible says in the 11th verse, and when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Just before we pray, let me remind you that this is being fulfilled. It's an ancient prophecy. The first time we hear about the prophecy of the birth of the Messiah is all the way back in the Garden of Eden. In Genesis 3.15, there was a promise of the Messiah. And I want to preach for just a few minutes along these lines. Won't he do it? <laughs> if he's made you a promise, won't he do it? Won't he make a way out of no way? Won't he save your children? Won't he heal your body? Won't he be faithful? <laughs> I said, won't he be faithful? I said, hasn't he been faithful? And won't he be faithful? Tell your neighbor, won't he do it? Slip up your hands. Father, release anointing in this house as I teach and preach. As, as just to celebrate the birth of Jesus. Thank you. You've been faithful before and you'll be faithful again. Somebody give the Lord the ovation of the morning. Give him a shout if you love him. Amen. Won't he do it? Won't he do it? Today... I want to talk to you from this timeless story of the birth of Christ and in particular zero in on these three wise men. These wise men were actually magi from the east who came to worship the king, the one they believed to be the Messiah. I wonder if there's anybody here today who actually believes that Jesus was and is the Messiah. Do you believe that? Now, I want to take a few minutes and zero in on the gifts that they presented to the baby king. 
and what these gifts symbolize and what they mean to you and me. And I want you to notice here that we never find out the names of these wise men. Even though the gifts that they brought were extremely rare and very, very expensive, we never find out their names. It seems that they didn't have to be awarded a plaque. They didn't need a title or a position of honor. Their giving was an act of worship. Understand this, the Magi came to give glory, not to get glory. And their giving was an act of worship. When you really love the Lord, giving is easy for you. And their giving was an act of worship. And here they are, they come into the stable and do a baby in a manger. And they give to him worship. And check this out. Nobody was there. There was no great crowd. But understand me today. That's what real worship is. Real worship doesn't need an audience, save an audience of one. If you're really a worshiper, you don't need a stage, you don't need a building, you don't need a microphone, and you don't need a keyboard. You can worship without a choir. You can worship without lights. Come on, somebody. Some of you are like me. You can worship in the car riding down the road. You can think about the goodness of Jesus sitting at your supper table and worship him. Are there any worshipers in the house? Man, you're just a worshiper. And I want you to note something. When they arrived to see the Lord there, he's just but a baby. He, he's just a little baby. He's never healed anybody yet. He hasn't walked on water. He hasn't healed the sick. He hasn't raised the dead. He hasn't healed blind Bartimaeus. He hasn't performed any great miracles. But here they are. They fell down and worshiped him. Understand me. These men, these wise men, didn't worship him for what he had done. They worshiped him for who he was. And so often we miss it because we wait to worship God when he performs. We, we wait to worship him. If you do this, I'll do that. But when you really know who the Lord is, you can worship him before he even does it. You can worship him before he even heals you, before he even makes a way for you. You can worship him because you know who he is. See, those wise men knew who he was. People that only worship God when good things happen, I'm convinced they don't know who he is. But when you know who he is, you can't help but worship him. Did I gather here today with anybody who knows who he is? Even if he's not moving right now the way you want him to move, even if nothing is happening right now, you know that I'm going to downpay it right now. I'm going to pay down on my miracle, and I'm going to worship him right now because I know if there ever is a door that opens, it'll be because he came and made a way right out of no way. Can you worship him for who he is? <laughs> That's when worship is most beautiful when you just worship the Lord for who he is. These wise men didn't come to worship him for what he had done. They came to worship him for who he was. And the gifts that they brought were very significant. They brought three gifts. And each one of these gifts symbolize and represent the three roles that Jesus would play. They offered incense to their God. And, and in the Old Testament, incense was used in worship. So they offered incense to their God, symbolizing that he was worthy of their worship, even as a baby in that manger. They brought gold to their king, and that symbolized royalty because in that barn, in that stable, was none other than the king of kings and the lord of lords. He was El Rey del Rey and Señor de Señores. Come on, somebody. King of kings and Lord of lords. So they brought gold to their king, and, and then they brought myrrh. And myrrh represents the humanity of Christ because if you know anything about ancient healing techniques, myrrh had medicinal qualities, and it talked about the, the, the humanity of Christ and the fact that he would suffer for you and I and with his stripes we would be healed. 
But I want to take a moment and I want to look at each one of these gifts that was brought to the Lord. The first gift that was brought was none other than the gift of gold. And gold was the usual offering presented to kings by their subjects to pay respects. As long ago as 2600 B.C., gold was prized in value. Now, now let me give you some facts about gold. Let me tell you something, some things about gold today. Number one, gold is scarce. You don't find it just everywhere. How many of you would like to find it in your backyard? Okay, the rest of you, I'm going to ask you again. I said, how many of you would like to find it somewhere on some property that you own? But the truth is, gold is scarce. It is mined from the earth. You have to dig for it. And when you find it, oh, what joy. You're so excited when you find it. And the psalmist in one, Psalms 113 made this declaration. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to the going down of the same, his name, the Lord's name, is worthy to be praised. The Bible said the Lord is high above all nations. His glory to the heavens. Watch it now. Who is like the Lord our God? Who is like the Lord our God? Who dwells, who dwells on high? This is so beautiful here because the psalmist said, Who is like the Lord our God? I want to ask you today, who is like Jesus? There is nobody like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Come on, there's nobody like Jesus. There are many fine people in the world, lots of folk I like, but ain't nobody like Jesus. Tell your neighbor there's nobody like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, when I'm sick, he heals me. When I'm lost, he finds me. When I'm weeping, he dries my tears. He's bread when I'm hungry. He's a way out of no way. He's joy when I'm depressed. He's the lily of the valley. He's the bright morning star. He's the fairest of 10,000. He's El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough. He's El Roy, I, the God who is there before you get there. He is Jehovah Jireh, the provider. He is Jehovah Nisi, my banner. He's Isaiah's Prince of Peace. He's Isaac's Ram. He's Job's Redeemer. He's Abraham's seed. He's the seed of the woman who is like the Lord, who can carry every title, who can be a king and a prince, who is like a lot of people I like. A lot of people I admire, but tell your neighbor, there's nobody like Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he's fine, he's precious, he's awesome. And gold was extremely precious, but the next thing you got to know about gold, gold is extremely valuable. What does that mean? It pays the way. For centuries, gold has been the currency that has paid the way. When you got gold, you got something. And gold pointed to the extreme value of Christ. It pointed to the fact that he was destined to pay the way for man and woman to be restored to God. See, here's the truth. I wouldn't be here if he hadn't have paid the way. I wouldn't be where I am today, but he paid the way. When I couldn't afford the price of admission, he paid the way. When I couldn't afford to get into his presence, he paid the way with his blood. The Bible said in Corinthians, Paul wrote, for you were bought with a price. You were bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. He paid the way. You wouldn't be here today if he hadn't paid the way. You would be born again, but he paid the way. You wouldn't be forgiven of your sin, but he paid the way. You wouldn't have strength for today and hope for tomorrow, but he paid the way. Is there anybody thankful that he paid the way for you? Come on. I said, are you thankful that he paid the way for you? Oh, you say, I got here because of my goodness. I got here because of my goodness, because of my denominational affiliation. I got here because I joined the right church. I got, I got here because I grew up in this theology, or I, I grew up in that dogmatic theology. I got here because of that. But let me tell you, not one of us got here on our own volition. Not one of us are saved because of our own account. Not one of us had the ability to redeem ourselves or put ourselves back together again. But when we could not afford the price of salvation, he paid the way. 
He paid the way for every man, woman, boy, and girl on planet Earth. He paid the way. He paid for your healing, your deliverance, your provision, your joy, and your peace. Anybody glad that he paid the way? You're trying to finance what he already paid for. You're trying to do it month to month. You're trying to live good enough, be good enough. You're trying to, you're trying to be impressive, trying to be religious. You're trying to get what you've already got. Paid in full. He paid the way. If you're glad he paid the way, make a little noise in the room today. Tell your neighbor, don't be cute about it. Son, don't be cute about it. I said, if you're glad he paid away, don't be cute about it. Give him a little praise right now. On Sunday morning, he paid the way. Next thing about gold is gold is extremely beautiful. Huh? The Bible said in Psalms 27, one thing I have desired of the Lord. One thing, one thing, that I, and that will I seek that I will dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the house? No. The beauty of the temple? No. The beauty of the altar? No. The beauty of the woven, uh, the, the woven curtain? No. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire at his temple. Let me tell you something. Gold is extremely beautiful and never forget Jesus, Solomon said, is the fairest of 10,000. And let me tell you the draw of this house. The draw of this house is certainly not the preaching. What people come to this place for is not because there's a preacher preaching. That, that, that's not the ultimate draw of this house. We have great music, but the draw is not the music. Thank God for the great singers. How many of you know we got some of the best music in the nation? Thank God for the music, but the music is not the draw. Let me tell you something. We got a great facility. We really do have one of the finest facilities in the entire nation. You don't see too many churches like this anywhere. We've got one of the greatest facilities. We've got lights. We've got cameras. We've got screens. All that stuff. And who? Listen, at the end of the day, I'm thankful for it, but I don't need it all to worship the Lord. Because here's the deal. The draw is not the preacher. The draw is not the singer. The draw is not the building. The draw is not the screens. The draw is not the sound system. The draw is not the lights. The draw is not the the, the property. Let me tell you the draw is J-E-S-U-S. The buildings are nice, but Jesus is most beautiful. The preaching is okay sometimes, but let me tell you the subject matter is what brings people in because it's all about Jesus. Somebody give him praise if you believe Jesus. Gotta be the draw of the church. Young preachers are trying to figure out how do I get people in the house? Preach Jesus, baby. He's still the best news ever. The truth is, the good news just keeps getting better and better because the bad news just keeps getting worse and worse. Can I get a witness? Next thing about gold is gold is durable. I was reading a while back and I, and I read this. One ounce of gold can be hammered into a thin sheet covering 300 square feet or drawn into a wire that is 50 miles long. Huh, can you imagine that? See, gold does not corrode, y'all. Gold is strong. Gold is durable. Watch this. It stands the test of time. Mama. See, this pointed to the fact that the work of Christ would stand the test of time. That means what it did on that cross, it would be timeless. It would endure. It would not corrode. The Bible said in Hebrews, for, for such a high priest was fitting for us, Jesus, who is holy and harmless and undefiled and separate from sinners and has become higher than the heavens, who does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifices for first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. There is no other thing needed except the cross. 
See, all church goal points to the work that Christ would do once and for all. And this work is as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. It stands the test of time. It is durable. It is a finished work. Hallelujah. There's going to be nothing else. The cross satisfies it all. It worked for my daddy. It worked for my granddaddy. It worked for my great-granddaddy. And it works for me. As far as I know back in my line, as far as I'm aware of, Rayleigh's have been preachers. And every preaching Rayleigh and every preaching Curry has known that the cross took care of it all. I know it. My daddy knew it. My granddaddy knew it. My great-granddaddy knew it. Now my children know it, and my grandchildren will know it, that it's just as powerful today as it was 2,000 years ago. Don't mess with what already works. Don't try something else. Let me tell you, it'll stand the test of time. It, it had power over sin 2,000 years ago, and it's got power over it today. Somebody make a little noise if it stood the test of time. Yeah, 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 still working for me. You push your neighbor and say, it's still working for me. The cross is still working for me. The blood is still working for me. I found him a long time ago, but it's still working for me. Somebody give him a praise in the house right now. But next about gold, gold survives the fire. Come on. The, the, the more fire that gold faces, the more valuable it becomes and hear me in this room gold survives the fire not only does gold survive the fire gold is revealed in the fire in church it was the fire of the cross that revealed jesus for who he was and sometimes the the fire that we go through reveals him to us the fire of calvary proved jesus to be the savior of the world and because of that we can endure fiery trials when we go through seasons that we don't understand because we have an enduring power within us. But next was the ingredient called frankincense. Frankincense is very costly. And it's a, phrase, a fragrant gum, a gum that's distilled from a tree. And the bark of this tree had to be split in order for the gum to flow out. And the sweet-smelling resin that comes as a result of this tree's woundedness and pain is very, very valuable. The gum hardens and is collected up in clumps that are called tears. Imagine that. They, they, they collect this gum and they make frankincense from it, but the clumps are called tears. And this gift pointed to the wounds and the pain and the piercing that Christ was going to endure for you and me. See, see before they ever wounded him, before his blood ever flowed, we see his tears. We experience his tears. In John eleven thirty five, we read two words, Jesus wept. He wept over Lazarus. He wept over Jerusalem. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I serve a Jesus who will weep over me. I'm glad I serve a Jesus. The Bible said he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. See, this gift of frankincense was extremely valuable. And almost no one could afford it. Mary and Joseph, in their stead in life, they could have never afforded it, but it was given. When they could not get it themselves, it was given. It was given, and the Bible said in John 3.16, this points to the fact that Christ would be given because John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave. Here's what I want you to understand. We could have never afforded that gift called Christ. We could have never afforded him, so God gave him. For God so loved the world that he gave. Here's what I know. You can't love without giving, and you can't give without loving. You might give a little here and there, but there will come a point when you will stop giving because you don't have love to give. But when you love, you're going to give. And when you give, you're going to love. And he loved you enough that he gave his son for you. And that son laid down his life. 
for you. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that God gave to me. Right? He gave me salvation. He gave me a new beginning. He gave me hope. He gave me strength. He gave it to me. I couldn't afford it. I couldn't have bought it. I couldn't have begged it. I couldn't have borrowed it. I could have even stolen. But what I could not do for myself, he did for me. Anybody thankful that he gave you salvation? He gave you eternal life. But the thing about frankincense, frankincense represented worship before the Lord. That's what the incense of worship, the Bible says in, in, in Leviticus 16, 12, this incense was made from frankincense. It was a key ingredient. And the Bible said, then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire because the, the smoke that rose up represented the worship of the people of God. Take the fire from the altar before the Lord and his hands full of that sweet incense, watch this, beaten fine and bring it inside the veil. This points to Christ, how his body would be pulverized, how he would be massacred and lacerated and emaciated and beaten to a bloody pulp. And because of his sacrifice, we would gain access to the presence of the Lord. That, 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 that beaten frankincense represented access granted 2,000 years ago. He was marred for majesty. He was mangled for mercy. He was brutalized and beaten for men. He was beaten to a bloody pulp, but it gave me access. Hallelujah. It gave me access, just like the symbolism of that frankincense gave access to the presence and glory of God. That priest would stand there with that frankincense, that, that, that incense of worship, with frankincense as an ingredient, and he would have access to the presence of God behind the veil because of that beaten frankincense. Let me tell you something. 2,000 years ago, Jesus didn't die to make you a good man. Jesus didn't die to make you denominational. Jesus didn't die for you to strut around and act like you're better than anybody else. But Jesus died to give you access to another world. He died so you could have access to the Father, access to eternal life. Somebody give God praise. Think about that. It gave me access. It gave me access. It gave me access. Tell your neighbor you have access. Now remember, frankincense represents worship. And the resin comes from the tree's woundedness. And it produced a sweet-smelling offering, a sweet-smelling offering unto the Lord. But watch this. It represents a side note here, something powerful to me. Understand this. When, when, when we can worship the Lord in the midst of pain, See, that frankincense had to be ground up. And it was the woundedness of the tree that produced the worship. And when we can worship the Lord in the midst of pain, that is a sweet-smelling worship to God. See, see here's, here's what I've come to tell you. Sometimes you worship wounded. Where are y'all at today? Have you ever worshiped wounded? Have you ever worshiped where you say, God, I don't know why, I'm going through what I'm going through, but I'm going to worship you anyway. Oh, let me talk to real people. I don't know why I'm facing what I'm facing. I don't know why my children are acting like they're acting. I don't know why I lost that loved one. I don't know why I'm enduring that doctor's report. I don't know why I'm going through what I'm going through, but I am persuaded. See, sometimes you gotta worship him mad. Sometimes, oh, y'all don't say nothing to me. Sometimes you gotta worship him when you don't understand what in the world is going on. Sometimes you got to worship him when hell is manifested in your life. Sometimes you got to worship him with your pockets. Sometimes you got to worship him with your family going crazy. Sometimes you got to worship him in the midst of a bad doctor's report. I'm not going to be one of those plastic preachers who stands up and tells you every day is going to be all right. Some days you're going to have to say, God, you're still worthy. I don't, I don't know why you're doing what you're doing, but I am persuaded. 
I don't know why my mother is acting like she's acting. I don't know why I'm having to stand in this season when I'm trying to do more for you than I've ever done and I'm fighting battles on every side. But I am persuaded that neither death nor height nor things present nor things to come nor anything is not going to separate me from the love of God. which is in Christ Jesus. Where are the worshipers today? Make a little noise if you're a worshiper. So sometimes you worship God when you don't even understand it. When you say, God, I don't even get it. I don't even understand it. You say, I've never been there. Well, keep living, baby. Keep living. Keep living, keep living. See, I believe that worship is sweet to God. I believe that worship is so valuable to God when we worship wounded. See, the frankincense pointed to the work of Jesus and all that he would do on the cross and give us access. But what, mm, can I go down a little side street? Come on, who'll give me 30 seconds? 30, 60, 92 minutes, you know. Do you realize that the last great act that Mary, the prostitute, the hoochie, Mary Magdalene did is she worshiped the Lord with her alabaster box of ointment, a spickment, very precious. She take the box and she broke it and poured it on his head. It was an act of worship. Mm. If you know anything about the Old Testament high priest, this is free. The Old Testament high priest couldn't come bring an offering to the Lord without an uncommon offering. There had to be an uncommon anointing placed on him. He had to have an uncommon anointing. What is more uncommon? Jesus is about to become his own offering. <laughs> and he's gonna mm. and he's gonna be he's having this perfume poured all over him. This perfume was so strong that if I poured it out on this floor, it would smell up this room for years. This, this perfume that she poured on him, good God, I'm off my notes. I'm going to have a good time now. It represented one year's wages. It would be so strong that it would keep the smell in this room for years. You know, when they when the Mary poured that offering over the head of Jesus, it remained. When he went to the cross, he smelled like her worship. Huh. People are standing around saying, what's that smell? What's that smell? Do you think when he got down into hell and descended down into hell and walked in, the devil said, oh, no, what's that smell? Y'all ain't saying nothing. What's that smell? I'm trying to tell you that worship will take you to hell. It'll take you through trouble. It'll take you through trial. It'll take you through issues. Where are the worshipers in the house? Do you know that after Jesus died, he's laying there dead. He ain't sick, he's dead. But Mary is there and she is rubbing spices on him. She is, she is doing for him what, he was, what she did for him when he was moving. Everything she did for him when he was alive and moving, she's doing it right now. See, anybody can worship him when he's moving. Anybody can worship him when he's doing what you want him to do. But when he's just laying there and ain't nothing happening, but you said, God, I'm gonna worship you because I believe that you are who you said you were. Somebody better give God a shout in here. I guess the test is, Will you worship him when he ain't moving? They take his body off the cross. She can smell what she's already done for him. But now he ain't moving, but she's still worshiping. Some of you right now, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, but God said it ain't time to wait. It's time to worship. It ain't time to wait. It's, what are you waiting on? What you, hadn't he already done enough for you? Hadn't he already made a way for you? You know, let me get back. The third ingredient was myrrh. The word myrrh, it literally translates to more. Who wants more of God in this next season? But watch this. What's, what's, the, what's the source of myrrh? Myrrh was an aromatic gum that came from a thorn bush. Can you imagine? Beautiful things can come from thorny seasons. Grows eight to 10 feet high when myrrh oozes from the wounded shrub. It starts out pale yellow, 
and then it changes to dark red. Isn't that something? What does it represent? It represents the blood that this baby had flowing through his veins. Even in the manger, he was king of kings. Oh, let me talk to you. Even in the manger, there was wonder-working power in the blood. He didn't grow into his kingship. He didn't grow into his lordship. He didn't all of a sudden cross over and there he was. No, there was enough power in one drop of that baby's blood to chase every devil to hell. There was enough, you know, he was, but listen, Jesus wasn't born a prince, he was born a king. God, help me, Jesus. I, I feel like preaching Don Rayleigh. Jesus wasn't born a prince, he was born a king. Usually the only way somebody gets to become a king is if the, their father, the king, dies and then the prince is promoted to a king. But see, Jesus was born a king. You know why? Because his dad never died. His dad cannot die. God is not dead, God is alive. Hallelujah. Jesus was born a king. He's the king of kings and he's the Lord of lords. And laying in that manger, he was the king of glory. The psalmist said, lift up your head, O ye gates, and lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory will come in. Where will he come? He'll come into a barn. He'll come into a cave. He'll come into a manger. He'll come into your house. He'll come into your car. He'll come into your rebellious family. He'll save that backward child. I'm telling you, he'll come. In clumps, it gathers. Watch, it turns red. The thing you gotta know about myrrh is myrrh was more valuable in weight than gold. And there is nothing more precious than the blood of Jesus. Old timers used to sing, old precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And understand this about myrrh. Myrrh was called a bitter plant or a bitter root. And the truth is, sometimes we go through bitter situations. We go through bitter times. But if you'll be honest, the bitter times can actually become the better times. Because when we look back on the bitter times and we see how God made a way when we couldn't make a way for ourselves. Tell your neighbor, I know him. Yeah, yeah, I know him. That there's things I know about him that I wouldn't have known if he hadn't have left me, if she hadn't have walked out on me. There's things I know about him that I wouldn't have known if I wouldn't have been through hard times. But who's been saved long enough that you can even look back at the bitter times and they are even more precious to you than the golden times. Where are you at? The times when you were wounded, when you were hurt, when you didn't know where to turn. But you have to look back and say, thank you, God. I didn't know how you were going to do it, but you did it. And God will turn your bitter times into better times. Tell your neighbor, say, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he turn your worst times into the best of times? Won't you look back? And the stuff you used to cry over, now you dance over. The stuff you used to couldn't sleep over, you say, look what the Lord has done. Push somebody and say, won't he do it? No, you better wake him up, push him hard and say, won't he do it? Won't he turn your mourning into dancing? Won't he turn your sorrow into joy? Won't he turn your negative into a positive? Won't he turn your sickness into healing? Won't he turn your tears into laughing? Won't he do it? Won't he, I wonder if there's anybody here who can testify that he made a way. Touch three people and say, won't he do it? Won't he do it? Won't he save your lost children? Won't he give you a new job? Won't he restore your, your family? Won't he do it? Won't he pick you up out of the miry clay? Say, won't he do it? High five somebody and say, won't he do it? Yeah, 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 get up on your feet and, and, and high five somebody and say, won't he do it? 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Won't he deliver your daughter? Won't he set a crack addict free? Won't he build a church? Won't he make a way? Won't he open a door? Won't he bind the devil? Touch three or four people again and say, won't he do it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel a praise in here. I feel a praise in here. Whoa. Find somebody behind you and say, won't he do it? Say, won't he do it? Whoa, yeah, 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 won't he do it? Oh, Lordy. Jesus, tell somebody else, say, he's already done it. He's already done it. I've seen it for myself. I've seen it make a way myself. He's already done it. He won't just do it. Oh, let me get crazy. Get your neighbor by the hand and say, neighbor, hadn't he already done it? And won't he do it? But say, neighbor, what you don't know is he's doing it right now. Right now. Right now. One, two, three, give God a shout. Hallelujah. He kept me in the bitter times. He kept me in the hard times. When folk walked out on me, he kept me. He stayed with me. Hallelujah. He stayed. He stayed. He stayed. He stayed. He stayed. His work was enduring. His work stayed. He has been faithful. I guess I stopped by to tell you. Won't he do it? If he fulfills a promise that is thousands of years old. Some of y'all say, I've never seen nothing like this in my life. I'm coming to a Christmas Eve service, the pastor's sweating, he's hollering. Wait till New Year's Eve. We really get excited at New Year's Eve. This promise, all the way back to the garden, Genesis 3.15, man has fallen, the prophecy of the Lord. There's one that will come. He will bruise your heel, but you will bruise his head, promising that the devil was going to be overcome because it was a picture of a man bruising the serpent's head. Let me tell you something about a bruised heel. A bruised heel hurts, but a bruised head is fatal. He's coming. All the way through the Old Testament, there's an introduction that Jesus would come. Be seated, we're gonna have communion together. There's an introduction in the Old Testament that the Lord would come and he came. It proved to me that whatever promise he's made, you came here and them crying babies, hallelujah. Somebody help me with those babies. I love them all, but I, my favorite babies are quiet in church, Gilmore. But we love you, we love you. But this is a critical moment. your elements, just slip your hands up right now. Yeah, we want to make sure everybody that wants to be served is served. Did you know, as I said, that myrrh in weight, watch this, was actually more valuable than gold. And at 53, I look back across my life and were myrrh represents bitterness. Remember, I taught you that. The most valuable times in my life are not necessarily the times when everything went right, but when I went through the trouble and the trial, and I found out, Mother, he does make a way. He is faithful. So 
told. Jesus was born a babe in a manger, a king with camels, majesty around manure. Come on, let me blow you away. King hanging out with cows. Whew. He could have come anywhere, but he came to a lowly stable to show that each and every person, the lowest common denominator of society, would have access. Hallelujah. The Bible says 2,000 years ago, you fast forward from the manger to the Last Supper. Jesus gathered with his disciples and he celebrated what you're going to celebrate right now. Communion. He said, take it, break it, eat it. Drink the wine. As often as you do this, remember me. That's very powerful. Isaiah had a prophetic preview of the Lord. I'm closing right now. We're going to take communion. We're not going to take it ritualistically. We're going to really remember it. Since we are celebrating his birthday tomorrow. Isaiah had a prophetic preview of the Lord. And he wrote it down the full thousand years before the first crucifixion had ever been done. Isaiah said his soul will be made an offering for our sin. He will be wounded for our transgressions. He will be bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace will be laid upon him. And with his stripes, we'll be healed. Now watch this. There's three things I want to point out there. Isaiah said his soul would be made an offering for sin. What does sin mean? If you study the word sin, sin means to miss the mark. It means to shoot for something and not hit it. It means to do less than you wanted to do, to be less than you intended to become. It means to miss it. Who would admit that you've missed it? That in times gone by in your life, you missed it. You did things you shouldn't have done. You behaved in ways you shouldn't have behaved. You missed it. Tell your neighbor, I've missed it. Yeah, 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 I've missed it. I've missed it. But the Bible said his soul was made an offering for sin for every time you missed it. And the Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. Three sins, three, three, three revelations of sin there. Sin, transgressions, and iniquity. What are transgressions? One translation explains it and said it is trespasses. Trespass means to, to go where you shouldn't go. If you really want to understand trespass, if there's a trespass sign and you trespass, that means you go where you shouldn't have go. You go too far. You go beyond pre-established boundaries. You go too far. But the Bible said he was wounded for our transgressions. Oh, who would admit today that there's been times that you've gone too far? You said too much. If I could do it again, I wouldn't have said that. If I could have one more shot at that, I went too far. I went too far in that relationship. I went too far in that behavior. I went too far in that attitude. I just went too far. Wave at me if you ever went too far. I know I've went too far, but here's the deal. For every time you transgressed, for every time you trespassed, for every time you went too far, he was wounded for our transgressions. He said, no matter how far you went, I never let you get so far away that I couldn't bring you back, that I couldn't make a way for you to be restored. So you missed the mark. You went too far. But then the Bible said he was bruised for our iniquity, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity. What is iniquity? Sin, transgressions, iniquity. Iniquity is the third one. Iniquity means, in the Hebrew, it means to be bent toward behavior. It means, it means that thing that is inside of you, and you ask yourself, why do I act that way? Have you ever seen a whole family, it seems like they're bent toward alcoholism? They're, they're bent. It's a generational thing that the enemy sets up, and it can get a stronghold, and it becomes a generational iniquity. Why am I bent? Why am I bent toward that behavior? Why am I bent toward unforgiveness? Why am I so angry? 
Why am I drawn to that website? Y'all ain't saying nothing. Why, why do I? What, it's something inside. It's the stuff you don't want nobody to know about. It's the stuff you... You don't even want the Lord to know about it. You pray about everything else, but you leave that out like he don't already know. It's the inside struggles. It's the inside wounds. It's the stuff you keep inside of you. It's when you were wounded, when you were molested, when you were hurt. It's that stuff that's deep down inside of you that you pushed way down there. It's an inside issue. But see, for that inside issue, there was an inside job, and it was called bruised for our iniquities. What are bruises? Bruises are outward manifestations of inner bleedings. God said, for everything you struggled with on the inside, I bled on the inside so you could be put back together again. So we can make this Christmas in the last minute or two of this service, we can make this uh, very ritualistic, religious communion that we do on Christmas Eve. Or we can make this a moment where we say, won't he do it? I look back at his track record and I say, won't he do it? When I miss the mark, when I go too far, when I struggle with my own self on the inside. Won't he do it? Heads bowed just for a moment. Eyes closed. If you're here, you'd say, Pastor, I've got sin in my life. I'm not where I need to be with the Lord. I don't even feel like I should partake of this. When you pray, pray for me. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not bringing anybody forward today. But I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is dealing right now. If you just say, Jim Rayleigh, since you prayed, all the way in the balcony, all the way in the, down the sides in this great crowd today, you'd say, Jim, since you're praying, Pastor, pray for me. If you're not where you need to be, you trespassed, you've gone too far, you, 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 you've got things you're wrestling with that nobody knows about. When I count to three, raise your hand. Are you ready? One, two, three. Slip your hand up. Hands in every section. Pray this prayer after me loud and strong. Everybody that raised your hand and everybody else, take your hand and put it on your heart. Pray after me. Pray, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Forgive me for all my sins. Take my heart. Wash it clean in your precious blood. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. I'm going to bring you. I'm going to bring you for your birthday the best gift I have. And that gift is me. Take my life. Make me what you want it to be. In Jesus' name. Everybody stand to your feet. Take that bread now and hold it before the Lord. This bread represents the broken body of the Lord. It represents that body that would be broken for you. Now, like I said, you can do this out of ritual or you can do this out of thanksgiving. If you're thankful today, hold that bread up. If you're thankful for every stripe, every nail, hold that before him. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for all you did for me on that cross. Thank you for the nails. Thank you for the stripes. Thank you for the humiliation. Thank you for all that you did. We accept now that offering and we remember you. 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 And you might partake. Hallelujah. Now hold that cup before him. Hold that cup before him. We're going to do something a little bit different. As you hold that cup, John, sing this song through one more time. And I want you to apply every word of this song to your life. And then I'm going to pray and we're going to partake of this together. But a lot, the Spirit of the Lord is settling in this room right now. We've moved away from the hustle and bustle of Christmas and shopping and everything else. And the Spirit of the Lord has settled in this room. It's not always a shout, precious. It's not always loud. Hold that cup before him right now. John, sing this over us. When I was your foe. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. 
precious Jesus doing today not out of a ritual but out of a real thankful heart that says thank you for your blood thank you for your gift Lord thank you that these wise men they were wise because they worshiped you bless as we receive this in Jesus name thank you Lord and you might partake Hallelujah, I'll dismiss us in prayer in a moment, but somebody just raise your hands and say, Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the night and I, I couldn't earn it, I don't Somebody give the Lord a praise in here right now. Come on up, baby. Come on, is that the best you got? Give the Lord a big praise. Okay, last thing, and then I'm going to dismiss. Nobody leave if you start to leave right now. Uh, we, like I said, we got somebody with a BB gun. They'll shoot you on the way out. But no, I want you to look at me right in the eyes. Last thing I want to tell you. Listen, do you know who the father of Jesus was? It wasn't, it wasn't Joseph. It was God. And, and Joseph and Mary were about to start an arduous journey, and they were going to have years without support. But what did Father God do? He provides kings to bring everything that his son would need, and his son and his his baby mama. He provided. He wasn't going to be a deadbeat dad. He was providing in advance for his son. And I've come to tell you, I'm connected to that son. And if he'll do it for that son, tell your neighbor he'll do it for me. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, won't he do it? 
Okay, slip up your hands. I'm going to pray over you. Don't forget next Sunday. Who's glad you came to church today? What an awesome crowd. Hey, can we do something just before I pray over you? When I count to three, will you lift up a celebration shout? And let's give God a praise for the birth of Jesus Christ. Are you ready? One, two, three. bless you in the name of Jesus. Don't forget next Sunday, 10 and 10. 10 in the morning, 10 at night. New Year's Eve, we're going to bring it in glorifying God. Hold your hands up. Don't forget now, I bless you in the name of Jesus. I declare the favor of the Lord over your life. I declare that your Christmas, let it be full of peace in Jesus' name. I pray that the next days will be full of joy. And as we come together next Sunday at 10 a.m. and then 10 p.m. for a New Year's Eve celebration, we declare 2018, get ready. Here we come. Give God a shout. I love you. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas. Sing. Oh.